0: Amen. Thank you, Kyle. Colin, team. Wow, just uh, this morning, the lobby was buzzing with excitement. The worship kicked off with excitement. Puts a lot of pressure on a pastor, you know what I'm saying? Man, I hope this one works out. Now, it's just great to be with you guys. Uh, see a lot of faces that returned from last week. We had a wonderful day in the Lord. We celebrated six years as a church plant last Sunday, had a time of fellowship and food and It's just to be together. And again, if you're visiting today, I do see a lot of new faces. Welcome to Creekside Community Church. Welcome, online community. Saw about 20 of you online this morning when I checked the online to say welcome to you guys. And uh, that's just all wonderful. Things are really happening. God is really doing some amazing things. You know, we're looking forward to year seven. Uh, In January, I called it Renew 22. We're renovating the building. We're having all kinds of things going on. And and that's just marvelous. It's just really, really a good season. I encourage you to keep praying for that. Keep praying for God's favor just to be poured out upon us. So today, as you can see, we're talking about pressing on. Now, I know most of you, or let me rephrase. I know some of you probably were distracted and saying, what is that large black garbage bag doing in the sanctuary? Yeah, you thought the praise team. I even had one of the shepherds try to take it away from me. I said, no, I'm going to use that in a minute and leave it alone. If you're a curious sort like me, you probably noticed it. If you didn't notice it, you notice now. We'll deal with that in a minute. But we want to talk today about pressing on. We're going to pull out four passages of Scripture and see why God calls us to press on. Because I will share, there's been times in my life I wanted to throw in the towel. Anybody out there like that? There's times in my life where I didn't think I could make it. But I had encouraging people, I had the grounding of my faith, I had a great support group of parents and family and friends saying, press on, just keep going, keep going, keep grinding, keep moving forward. So we're going to look at that today and bring out some truths along with these scriptural passages. The first one's found in Isaiah 43, 16 through 21. The Word of God reads there, this is what the Lord says, He who made a way through the sea. Now, if you're having problems navigating, if we serve a God that can make a way through the sea, I think we found somebody to help us out. A path through the mighty waters who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Look at verse 18. Forget. Everybody say forget. Forget the former things, things in the past. Do not dwell on the past. We're going to touch on base. some of you I know do that. Some of you are always looking back. Don't raise your hand or nod your head. You know who you are. See, I am doing a new thing. Can I tell you this morning, God's always doing something new. If you remembered, you know, God even changes. He, He started in heaven. He came down to Mount Sinai. If that wasn't enough with cloud and glory, remember this, we went through. Then he went into the tabernacle. Then he went into the temple. Then he became flesh and walked among us. That's a new thing. And then when Jesus left, he said, if that's not enough, I'm going to pour out my spirit for every believer so I can live right in your heart. God is always doing something new. Now it springs up. Do, not, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. Some of you felt like you are in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Some translations say desert. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, the chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. We can say this of Isaiah 43. Our God is a forward-looking God. He's always looking about what he's about to do. He always wants to do a new thing. He is always doing a new thing. And we have to anticipate that. Some of you are waiting for God to do something new in your life, but you're going to see what your holdup is as we progress through this message. The second passage is Psalm 26. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, watch this, The Lord has done great things for them. People are talking about the people of God. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Now look at verse 5 closely. You might want to underline this one because sometimes we've been through this. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, notice they're going out carrying something, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Our temporary struggles, our earthly trials, church, will be replaced by joy, sometimes in this life and sometimes in the life to come. You and I both know people that seem to never catch a break. You and I both know people that seem to have a lifetime of struggles. But by faith, as Hebrews 11 says, one day, one day that cancer will be healed. One day those legs will walk. One day those eyes will see. And instead of weeping in sadness... There will be joy and song. Can you imagine that and the glory of that day? Third passage is found in Philippians 3. Paul writes to the Philippian church and says this If someone thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, uh, I say this a lot. We got a lot of Burger King Christians out there. They want it their way, they think their way is doing it right. So that's what Paul says. If you want to think you're all that. Watch this. This is one of the most powerful passages in the New Testament. If someone thinks they have a reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day to the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law faultness. Let me tell you what Paul just said there. I love doing this. So let me bring it into the 21st century. Paul said, I'm a Baptist of Baptists. I'm a Methodist of Methodists. I'm a Pentecostal. P- I got a pedigree. I belong to the right religious group, the Pharisees. I studied at a lawyer's feet. I've got all this worthy stuff. Then watch what he does with it. Verse 7. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. Some translations say rubbish. Why did I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, not because I'm who I am, not because I got great parents, not because I went to the right schools from the law, but that which is faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. When's the last time you said that, Church. I want to know, and this is the guy who planted churches across Asia Minor. This is the guy who had an encounter with Jesus. This is the guy who wrote the majority of the New Testament. And what's his plea? I want to know Jesus. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this, or not that I've already arrived at my goal. Paul says, I'm not there yet, but here's, here, here's our theme. What does he do, church? But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of. Paul says, I'm a work in progress, y'all. Paul says, God's still working on me. Can any of you identify? I surely can. But then look at this. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on. I press on. Towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take a view of such things. And if on some point you think differently, read the word, spend time with him, get in his presence. Verse 16, only let us live up to what we Have already attained. Live at the level God's got you at now. Realize you're a work in progress. And press on. There's three applications to this amazing passage. Number one. What we value as earthly accomplishments. Is garbage to God. Here's mine. You've got some too. Amen. But you know what the biggest problem is? When God looks at y'all. Some of y'all have been wagging that garbage around a long time. It's your past. Some, Some of you just have it. I mean, this is how you would look to God if you were having a conversation with Him. It could be a hurt. It could be from a job. It could be from a relationship. It could be a trauma. But you're carrying it around. Maybe it's like Paul said, maybe it's because you think you went to the right college. Or maybe you think you're in the right tribe and there's no other tribe but yours going to heaven. I know a few of those folks. But this is what it looks like. But Paul says, everything I've done myself, everything I can rest on for me, everything that looks good to the world is garbage. When I compare it to knowing Jesus. I'm going to challenge you. What's your bag look like? And you still holding it? Or, or some of you not holding it. Some of you at least have, you're like Linus in this blanket. You're dragging it around. <laughs> Holy Spirit just gave me that one. That's not in the notes. <laughs> I'm serious. And can I tell you, wow, this is a huge revelation. Can I tell you something? You can let go of your stuff as easily as I just let go of that if you'd only do it, if you'd only lay it down and press on and strain forward and let Christ be the cornerstone. What we value as earthly accomplishments is garbage to God. Number two, God has never, ever called us to live in our past or carry it around. He calls us, as I said, to strain forward and be pressing on to Christ. How far do you need to press on? How much do you need to lean forward? The only focus, only focus, I tell my kids, this, this is a mantra to my kid when they hit a speed bump or something happens. The only focus of a follower of Jesus is onward and upward. Move forward. If you're going to fail, fail forward. In our Nexus Planning Network, we have a phrase, if you're going to fail, fail fast, recover faster. Get up. Press forward, keep moving, learn from the stake, ask for God's grace, ask for his strength, ask for his wisdom, and keep moving. Keep pressing on. Turn to somebody and say, press on. Encourage your neighbor, press on. Last passage we're going to look at from the Gospel of John, John 12, 1 through 8. We get to look at a real event, an encounter with Jesus. Jesus. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus has raised from the dead. Imagine that scene. They're in Mary and Martha's house with Lazarus, who he's called out of a tomb. Imagine having lunch with a dead guy now alive. That'd be a scene. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. He's sitting there with Jesus. Then Mary took about a pint of... Of pure nard and expensive perfume, she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. One of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Now, I buy perfume for Tammy every year because she asked for it for Christmas. I've never spent a year's wages on perfume. This was some expensive stuff. It's called nard here. It's actually spikenard. You can read. It's, it's really kind of a fascinating perfume. But imagine that. A year's way. Some scholars even think this, this makes it even more depth. Some scholars even think this was Mary's dowry from her family to give when she married. You know about dowries. Giving the wife, the, the the bride-to-be comes into the wedding and The family gives something. So that would be a huge gift. Why wasn't this sold? Why was it? It was a year's worth of wages. He didn't say this because he cared about the I love the way John writes. John always gives us the insights. He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Judas was a skimmer because he held the treasury. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. And it was used in that a lot to fragrance the body. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. What's our takeaway from this church? It's simply this event that Jesus and Mary, Lazarus and Martha all experienced. Jesus ask for our best but not only does he want our best as mary dug deep and gave a gracious gift a symbolic gift a gift of service and value jesus calls us to live in the present moment i will confess there's times i've had jesus show up and i've missed him any of you like that i you know think about that it's all good Everything that's going on the house, there's roles that have to be played. Martha was playing her role. Lazarus was hanging. I guess Lazarus just glad to be sitting at a table, y'all. He'd been dead for three days and smelled. Remember that? I don't know if I'd want to be sitting. I don't know the timeline here. (laughs) But the deal is, if Jesus is the cornerstone, if you're in the presence of Jesus... You ought to bring your best and be living in it. But so many times our our dedicated enemy, Satan, fills us with lies and distractions and deceit, doesn't he? To where we miss the time where we just ought to be at Jesus' feet and listen to what he has to say. But too many times... We're running around like the proverbial chicken with its head cut off. Busyness is at all. I've said this once, I'll say it again. I think busyness is one of Satan's biggest tools against every believer. I'm just too busy, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. Don't be too busy for Jesus. Make time to live in the moment. Make time to be present in that present moment. We have to press on. So the question this morning, are you leaning forward? You know, Paul, it's told of Paul that Paul was probably pretty athletic. He uses a lot of athletic images. And like, look at this runner. He's straining forward. Next slide. Is it there? Not there. Lost it. Well, use your imagination y'all seen the Olympics. Two things I've noticed about runners. Two things. awesome. Look at the lean on him. Look at the, look at his face. Do, do y'all see insecurity or confidence? Look at the lean. See, I'll give you the before and after. I can tell. I had a friend tell me this, and he turned me on to it. And I, I don't usually watch the Olympics, the summer ones. I'm talking about the games, the runnings, the races. But he said, if you look close and notice something, you can almost tell which runner might win because the way they approach those starting blocks. Some approach and they're looking around. They're kind of nervous, like, uh, "Who am I? Usain Bolt here today? You know, who am I running against?" Not a lot of confidence. Occasionally, you see that runner that just walks out. He's focused. He's looking at his stance. He's on the block. He doesn't even notice the people beside him. See, those are distractions, and he wins the race. But instead of like our city, yesterday was Derby Day, and uh, you know it was a crowd, and it's a great celebration. And you know horses win by a nose, but to really win the race like that and to win the race of life sometimes we got to lean forward sometimes we have to strain there's no one obviously he's really fast he's ahead there's nobody even close to him but you've seen it to where two or three are really really close and the one that wins is the one they just can't wait to get to that tape can i tell you if that tape was heaven would you be straining and leaning into it in this race we call life. Or, you know what else I learned about running? Running coaches will tell you the way runners lose races. You know how they lose races? Even quick nods. And you know what happens? They get off balance. Hear me, church. Hear me. It's so good. I love it. They stumble. See, God doesn't want us to stumble. God's laid out a path like Paul said. He, he doesn't want you to be thinking about your path. Oh, this feels a little heavier. Free yourself so you can fly. <laughs> Another thing, just I should have played a video. Another, I'm yeah, I'm a pop culture addict. I'm thinking, uh, I'm, my daughter just let out a side. Y'all hear that? The one privilege of pastors being able to use your kids as illustrations. You know what just downloaded in my mind? Forrest Gump. Sitting on the bench, and he looks at that lady and say, I could run like the wind. We need to run like the wind, church. We need to be unfettered. We need to be unhindered. We need to draw... I want to... Some of you are going through something right now. Some of you are going through marriage issues. Some of you are going through employment issues. Some of you may be going through family issues, children issues. Hear me from my heart from the Word of God. Press on. Lean forward. Strain. Trust that God, the one who made the way through the sea, The one who makes water in the desert to refresh us. He sees your race. He sees your struggle. He sees your temporary trials and tribulations. Press on. Press on to know Christ. Forgetting what is behind, I press on. Press on through that difficult relationship. Press on through that difficult job situation, knowing God can open a door of opportunity for you at any time. Press on. Keep praying for those kids that you're praying about. Press on for anything that you're having to deal with in your life. This is a fallen world. We're going to have to deal with it till the king comes. But he calls us to live in the moment. Not to dwell or rest our laurels on the past, but to press forward. Because if we're true believers, if we're true followers of Christ, we know what's ahead. We know the prize. We know where we're going. Somebody say amen. And that's worth, church. That's worth running the race. If you're here this morning and need prayer, we'd love to pray with you after service. If you want to respond in your heart and pray, I'm going to pray for us. Maybe you need to put on Christ. Maybe you need to make a confession of faith and say that Jesus is the Son of God. Be buried with Him in baptism. Maybe you need to start your race today. We can do that as well. But know this. God sees your struggle, and He calls you. He wants you to win. He wants you to succeed. And He wants you to press on. Let's pray together. Father God, I'm thankful that we have you as a father, as a supreme, powerful being that is the way maker, as we sing, that is the sea parter, that is the one who makes streams in the desert, that make the lame walk in the blind sea, Jesus. We see what you call us to, to live in your presence, just to fall at your feet and absorb your knowledge, your word, your, your, your tenets of faith for our life. Father, some of us have been running a long time carrying a load carrying a load of garbage maybe we believe the lie we've told ourselves or somebody told us maybe we think that because of our past you would never ever be good to us father i know paul thought that one who persecuted the church one who one who just in philippians lays out all his accreditations and then says you know what Everything that I have is worthless compared to working, knowing, loving, serving Jesus. What if we had that heart, that spirit, that mindset, God? To realize that you call us to something higher. We're pressing on to higher ground, as that old hymn says. And one day we will attain the highest ground, the goal, the reward that you're calling us to. God, I pray over anyone today that's struggling with a situation of any kind. I pray that they, if they've got a garbage bag full of past or junk or arrogance or anything that would hinder them from running the race you called them to run, let it be thrown down today, this day, and let them run freely and wildly and recklessly towards you with wild abandonment, as we say, Father, running, that we come running back to you. Because God, you have chased us to be yours. You've proven how much you want us. Let us prove how much we love and want you. God, call all of us, individually and collectively, even this Creekside Community Church, help us to lean forward in 2022. Help us to strain forward. Help us to press on to everything that you're calling us to and pour out your goodness and favor upon us. We love you, Lord. We thank you for Jesus. We pray this in his mighty name. Amen.